You're listening to the CAD Manager Confessions Podcast, episode 26. In this episode, I'll be sharing an interview I did with Justin Ehart as part of series one of my BIM Management Masterclass, where I interview some of the best BIM managers across different industries. Thanks, Justin, for being a part of the podcast. And now play the intro. This podcast is for CAD managers in their pursuit for the perfect set of plans. Each week, we'll be doing deep dives into what CAD managers deal with every day as they manage and mentor their CAD team, build and enforce standards, develop best practices, and provide leadership and vision in the implementation of new technologies. With an extensive career as a CAD manager, I'm here to confess all my lessons learned, strategies, and all my project delivery secrets. If this sounds like the right place for you, then let's get started. I'm your host, Eric DeLeon, and welcome to the CAD Manager Confessions Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the CAD Manager Confessions Podcast. I am your host, Eric DeLeon. In this episode, I'm continuing my BIM Management Masterclass series by interviewing another BIM manager. Today, I would like to welcome Justin Ehart to the podcast. Justin is from the Denver area. Justin is an engineering BIM manager and CAD manager. Welcome to the podcast, Justin. Hey, thanks for having me, Eric. So, so you and I, obviously, we've connected through social media. And then you and I got, which is pretty awesome, how the power of social and that you and I were able to connect at AU last year. Uh, and so that was kind of cool to kind of, you know, be able to meet somebody in person that, you know, you've kind of been a, a fan from afar. Yeah. So I think episode one or two of the CAD Manager Confessions podcast had come out and I messaged you on LinkedIn. Yep. I'm like, dude, this is great. I'm excited <laughs> to see where this goes. And then we were kind of just, you know, chit-chatting back and forth and we were talking and we were both going to be at AU in 2019. Yep. And so, you know, we met up at the keynote there and kind of hung out, BS for a little bit. And then, you know, as you do at AU, you kind of meander, go through the booths, yeah. the uh, different talks you want to visit with. And yeah, I mean, we saw each other periodically, but uh you know, <clears throat> we have this kindred spirit of being, you know, the CAD manager that kind of uh, unifies all of us. So, yeah, I agree. One thing, and maybe you've heard it on the other episodes where I was like, um, I'm very honored to be a part of this community uh, because all the ladies and gentlemen who are CAD managers that I've met, interviewed, and follow, I mean, we're definitely, you know, I, I, yeah, I'll be blunt, you know, we're a special group. <laughs> and, you know, for the most part, you know, I think we have some really good hearts of trying to do amazing work, you know, represent our companies, um, but also having a heart of help each other out and helping others around around us. I mean, what's your take on on the on the ones that you've ran into in your past? So I've I've run into a lot of folks, you know, and some of the folks um, have appeared in your previous masterclass sessions, you know, Stacy yeah. Morgan and I, um, we met January of 2020, pre-COVID, 
um, we were invited to uh, inside the factory event at Autodesk at their um, East Coast Civil Infrastructure Headquarters. And so, you know, we met there. But I, in 2019, I attended her and Dylan's Dynamo Club course. Yeah. You know, and so every everything interweaves. You know, we all cross each other's paths, whether it's on the Augie forums, whether it's in person at AU. You know, we're crossing paths. So, no, everybody's been a delight. You know, I mean, we all kind of hold our secrets that we don't want to share back, but then in the same <laughs> breath, we're we're very open and forward uh, thinking on sharing other aspects of what we do. Yeah, great. So. Well, this is the uh, CAD manager, BIM manager confessions. So I'm hoping you don't hold anything back for the audience today. <laughs> so um, I can't make any promises. But I'll do my best, my man. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so um, yeah, tell us uh, more about you, about you professionally, uh, where you work at, how long you've been there, what do you do? So. I work with Ware Malcolm. We're, a, you know, an international um, multidisciplinary firm. You know, we're about 600 people. Um, while I went to my education is in architecture, my professional work has been in civil engineering and surveying. I've been doing that for like 20, oh my God, I'm old, <laughs> 24, 25 years uh, working in civil and surveying. So I love that aspect of it. And, you know, being with my, my education is in architecture and I did work in the field for like Kroger um, while in college and a few other places, I did a little bit of architecture. I really am trying to, to marry the disciplines and bring them closer together because there's still a massive disconnect. Um, so that's something that's always been a focus of mine. Um, and, so that's kind of roundabout, but yeah, I work at Ware Malcolm. Um, we have civil engineering in eight locations of our 24, looking to expand it into more. And then um, I've been with Ware Malcolm going on seven years, um, five years officially. I worked for a company that merged with Ware Malcolm two years into my tenure with them. Um, and almost the entire time that I've been with Ware Malcolm, I've been there engineering CAD manager. Um, I have a counterpart that is for architecture that I work with closely. And then, you know, I'm also part of the IT team. So I work on deployments and software, testing new software. I don't do any production, thank goodness. Um, I can do it. I don't know that I want to do it anymore. I really like this aspect of it more, so. Fair enough. Yes, I mean, that's what, Going through these interviews, like, you know, just like you've, you've probably heard, um, is that we, we all have similar, similar journeys, right? But there's nuances all to it. You know, some of us right. are, are CAD BIM managers, but don't have to manage people, or we don't have to, some have to do production work or have expectations for, for production work. Some people don't. Some people manage staff, you know, resource managers as well, and, you know, or manage technology. So it's interesting um, that, you know, just again, the nuances, the different flavors of a CAD and BIM manager, you know, it's right. kind of interesting how, like you said, we have the similarities, but yet 
um, it's those nuances that make us very unique in what we do every day. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I don't do production every day. I can, and I write our workflows and explore how we can make our workflows better. You know, so yeah. while I don't touch billable projects every day, unless there's a, a fire that I've got to help somebody put out, um, that's just my preference. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, one of the things that I've a I ask everybody, um, and you're going to continue today, is what's your CAD BIM origin story? Um, CAD BIM origin story. So I'm old. Um, I started out board drafting. And that transitioned, that, that opened the door for me to learn AutoCAD release 13, that was DOS. And, you know, I worked in 14, 2000, all the releases up until, I don't know, 2007, started, you know, utilizing Civil 3D. Um, but my origin story, I, you know, I like to tell people I started down this path in seventh grade I knew what I wanted to do for a profession in, in seventh grade. I was setting in an industrial tech class, you know, like woodshop, but it was drafting. And I learned how to bisect an angle that day. And that was my first, you know, holy crap, this is amazing. I, I, I'm excited for this. And, you know, here it is 30 plus years later, I'm still in the field. Not many people can say that in seventh grade, they knew what they wanted to do. And they stuck with it. Um, you know, there's been some stumbling blocks, some falling, hit my head on the coffee table like a toddler walking. <laughs> but, you know, you just have to learn from that and keep going. So my origin story goes back a long time. And, and I've kind of just been able, I've been very blessed and lucky to be able to work in the industry I enjoy. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, I think mine was, I was a grade school. My uncle took an architecture class, drafting class in high school. I'm like, hey, you can draw things and people build things from that. And that kind of just sparked it. Uh, so it's yeah. kind of crazy. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I didn't get to do board drafting the year I started college. They um, just removed the board, the, the drafting tables that summer. Uh -huh. And yeah, so we, I started on release 12 uh, nice. was my version. And so, yeah, it's, I, mean, I, I, I appreciate all the tools that they have now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I remember the pin plotters yeah. and having to load individual sheets <laughs> and then, you know, running blueprints, like physical blueprints, blue lines, and the smell of the ammonia and the little paper cuts from that paper. God, uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't miss that, but I, I miss the, the fetish of that paper and, you know, the smell of the ammonia. I mean, God, that, that's part of where I'm at today. That's because of that is where I'm at today, you know? Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, I think for all of us to be able to, um, obviously, I could tell you love what you do by the way you respond to there. But uh, I mean, that's kind of like it's like you know, don't forget your roots, right? I think you could appreciate it for us, right? Maybe even for me, for you, a little bit more because I didn't have to do the board, the board stuff, or have to deal with pneumonia. Uh, but you know, um, you know, but but you, you appreciate what we get to do now. Right, how far it's come along and who who would have thought, you know, um, early 90s, mid 90s, you know, for some people, the 80s that, you know, we would be doing stuff where we would be modeling in 3D and then something would be printing it for us. You know, right. it's, it's crazy. And who knows 
what the next 30 years is going to bring. You know, it's, it's kind of cool to be a part of, you know, be a part of this industry because it definitely moves quick. And, you know, they're out there, the Autodesks and the Bentleys and all the others are trying to work hard to create the tools of the future. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, if you think about the, the technology advancements in the last 20 years, I mean, it's just flabbergasting, cell phones, internet, 3D printing, all that. And the pace that it's quickening, the next five years are going to go so quick, you know? Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what technology advances in the next five years. So. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool stuff. At least we can be a part of it. <laughs> yep. Um, how long have you been in 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 CAD BIM management? So in CAD management, so I was kind of the go-to person before coming to Ware Malcolm. It, the, a couple of previous companies, you know, I was able to help people solve problems or you know write a few list routines. But it wasn't until I came to Ware Malcolm that that position opened up for me. Okay. So officially, you know, about five years, four and a half right now. Um, and, you know, I've kind of taken it by the, the horns and really run with it. I love this aspect of it. And BIM, um, so my official title is engineering BIM manager. And that's just a, a glorified way of saying I just, I'm the fixer, you know, um, yeah. whether it's Civ 3D, whether it's other engineering software or BIM. Um, we couldn't implement that. We started using BIM 360 proper um, right around, a, God, I think the 2020.2 release of Civil 3D is when we started using it. But in early 2019, I, I say we started using BIM Lite. Um, we started using OneDrive for collaboration, you know, so you know, as we get into it, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about BIM specifically, but um, I just don't want to lose track on that. We'll circle back to that. But uh, so about two and a half, three years as, you know, BIM proper. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's one of the biggest misconceptions about BIM do you think that we have? I mean, because I know when I, when I hear people talk about BIM, it's, it's all over the place. Right, but what can we do as industry subject matter experts to educate the masses in regards to that misconception, whatever you think that might be? Yeah, so circling right back to that last thought, you know, there's several misconceptions to me. Um, you know, the first one is that it's complicated to implement or it's expensive. I mean, so you're a 500 or a thousand person firm wanting to implement BIM. And the seats through Autodesk are expensive. So dip your toes into it because Autodesk allows you to utilize Google Drive, SharePoint, OneDrive, test it before you make that jump into BIM 360. So that's one of the misconceptions that it's expensive. Well, if you're already paying for O365 licensing for your company, you have OneDrive storage sometimes one terabyte. So, you know, put a project there, share that out, test it, collaborate. And right now with remote working, it's the perfect time to do that. Um, you know, to remove your reliance on your VPN. I mean, that's just, you know, it's not, another misconception is that it's just 3D modeling software. You know, 
it has a part in it, but the process is a lot more than that. You know, it's more for collaboration, sharing data, and you know, all that graphical and non-graphical data that can be put into models. Um, yeah, I mean, BIM's not just for you know big projects at all. We have a very small subdivision that we're collaborating on a lot of folk, you know, on with a lot of folks. It's only like 20 lots, you know, it's just a little infill project, but, you know, it's so much easier for people to collaborate with. I mean, that's just like three or four misconceptions right there. Um, yeah, I mean, God, we could go into this for an hour because there's so many things that, you know, people think BIM's gonna be obsolete one day <laughs> and, you know, yeah. I don't think that's going to be the case at all. It might change standards to different digital common data exchanges, but, you know, BIM brought just this major change into our workflow and properly using technology. And so, you know, it won't be here for 20 years, but it's the, the child to the adult of what is actually going to be there. So... Yeah, that's a, that's that that's good because I think, I mean, I think all the stuff that we're doing right is always going to be the child because I don't think we'll ever. I mean, I think there's some stuff that matures, but I don't think we're act. You know, especially as Autodesk and Bentley and the other CAD um, softwares, right, try to evolve, right? right, and so it's like right when you think you arrived, there's there's something there's something new. There's that next thing that we then are all, you know, trying to work towards, like, you know, it just is the progression, right? And right. so it's good. So, but it makes it exciting because, right, as long as you're willing to continue to learn, continue to be open to the pivots that are required to be competitive and to be relevant within the marketplace, um, you know, it makes it exciting, right? It makes it exciting to be right. a part of what we do today. Well, I mean, you talk pivot, if we're kind of, AEC industry right now is is a it's an amazing time to be in it because it's like a a fast paced basketball game. We we're all you know our entire firm are those five players for the team, you know. And being a CAD or a bid manager, you're kind of the center. You're not the power forward because you're not pumping out the production work. You're over there and you're kind of helping move the ball to the basket. And, you know, sometimes we make those slam dunks, sometimes we hit the rim and we learn from it. But, um, you know, what we do is we do a lot of passing off to other people. We, we build out tools and then we pass the ball and we're like, here, then the entire bench, the entire team runs with that, you know? So it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But nonetheless, a lot of fun, a lot of yeah. opportunity. Um, what are some of the challenges that you, that you run into as a manager? And what actions have you, are you taking to overcome those challenges? So there's not enough hours in the week and I stopped sleeping two years ago. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're good. Next question. No, <laughs> there's just there are so many things that, you know, we can mark as important. That we need to what are you struggling with? Like right now, what's a big challenge right now that you're really right now that you're dealing with? So one municipality here in Colorado at the close of a project requires us to give them a file, a CAD file. And it has all of everything that they need to take our CAD file directly into GIS, Esri. You know, and so at the close of a project before the 
sign uh, a grading permit, we've got to provide them with this data. But there are 38 different items that they require that contains object data. So, you know, mm. water fittings, you know, every reducer, T, blow off valve, you know, they've got to be individually numbered. It's got to contain all of that data. And sometimes it can take a person or a team 40 to 60 hours to do this. Wow. So I started exploring how we can automate that in Dynamo. And so I've written those 36 or 38 items into individual scripts. And so now they can be done in about, by the time you fill in some data, the project and subdivision, um, and you click the button, it'll write all of that object data table to the easements in you know five seconds or the water fittings or the, the water mains in five to 10 seconds. And it just reads that information from the, the pipe network. So I've spent the better part of two weeks off and on, you know, two hours here, six hours there, you know, maybe touch it for an hour one day, getting that automated um, through Dynamo. So that's probably the biggest challenge is municipal requirements on the close of projects. I mean, they keep wanting more and more, but we can't really charge our clients for all of that, you know? I mean, it's part of the development, but you know, yeah. So making sure we can get some of those uh, deliverables out the first submittal and not spending two or three it's probably a big, big challenge, whether it's uh, GIS specific data or whether it's, you know, submittals, making sure that people have the right tools to uh, value engineer. So, yeah, I think, but, but, um, but I think that's where you go through these exercises, right? Or actually going through the pace of a project, right? And if you know, hey, this size of a project is going to roughly take you. Now that you have the Dynamo script created, right? That's right. probably the hardest part. Now, the development of that, you definitely can't charge a, a client, especially if it's ad hoc and you're trying to just to make yourselves better. Right. But I do think that moving forward, there could be, you know, a project, there should be a, a closeout phase, right? For, for CAD BIM deliverables. And then you being able to say for every project, hey man, I need you guys to give me 10 hours just right. for this prepping, this the deliverable for the client and i've developed a script that will do that right so right. i mean i think that's fair enough but yeah i think like you said though i mean um but but what but what's awesome is that you've leveraged the newest technology that's out there right and just imagine if you didn't have that what that would look like right oh, man that would <laughs> suck wouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean but that's i mean man but that's how we learn right i mean yeah. Um, and then sometimes, cause you know, I, that's where we can't, you know, I, I mentioned this in the, my, um, I spoke with Jason Peters this morning and I made that about not resting on our laurels because, you know, there's technology out there. And if you want to be relevant, you know, you got to kind of, you know, you put, you got, you put yourself and your firm out there of, Hey, Dynamo can do this, you know, right. give me some time to develop it. Um, so that's pretty cool. No, good job on that, man. That's, that's awesome. So how much Thanks. time do you think for that project? I'm just curious, how much time do you think you saved? So since I'm not, you know, putting down hours towards this project next week, I'm gonna have a lunch and learn with that, that team that's going to prepare that document. And based on the size of the site, it is like 75 acres, you know, 
for all the imperviousness, the ponds, the utilities, just all the inlets, you know, yeah. um, pulling that information and having it cut down a little bit from the pipe networks will probably save 50 to 55 hours on this one submittal alone because they've still got to put the PSI in for each fire hydrant and a few things like that. There's some things that I can't automate. Um, you know, the water quality capture volume of the pond. I could have it read a spreadsheet, but then I'd have them, you know, plugging in a lot of information. But yeah, maybe 55, 50 to 55 hours next week. Somebody will be able to do it in about two hours as opposed to a week or a week plus. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it'll pay for itself, you know. Yeah, yeah, cool. But Uh, what was one of your biggest mistakes as a manager? And how has that helped you in your career moving forward from that point? Oh, big mistake, assuming I knew everything. Um, God, so there were a couple of instances. I'm not going to go into great detail, but it was about, you know, corridors. Um, I'd been using corridors for seven or eight years at that point, and a lot of production. And um, one person who had who's been here longer than I have, you know, uh, he and I are great co-working friends, you know, um, he proved me wrong in front of a whole bunch of people. And it really opened my eyes to not being myopic. I was set in my workflow. And that's before I became a a CAD manager, BIM manager. And um, always evaluating my workflow, taking the blinders off, because, you know, like I said, we're super myopic. We're like, x-ray vision this one way all the time and then all of a sudden it was like this eureka moment and um yeah so it was a really big you know it wasn't a slap in the face but you know it hurt because i thought i i I thought i knew what the hell i was doing and somebody proved me wrong and you know five or six years ago and it still stings but uh, i have a lot of a lot of mad respect for him and uh just not assuming everything is 100% the best workflow and always being open to other interpretations, other people's opinions. And, um, but when you are certain your way is the right way, 100% it's proven, don't let the majority rule, you know, advocate for yourself. (laughs) So, and he advocated and it was the right workflow. And, you know, so yeah i think we all have put our our foot in our mouths at some point you know the key thing though i think is that we learn we learn from that and we don't keep on doing it right over and over again (laughs) yeah i mean yeah you have to you have to learn from it or else you'll be stagnant so and that's the challenge though right i mean um you know, I've been a I've been a manager of people, um, and as hard as I try, um, you know, I so it's one of those things which is the reason why, you know, I want to do this podcast as well. I want it to be a place for people who are CAD or BIM managers or aspiring to become a manager. This is this is your school. This is where you go to learn, right? Yeah. Because a lot of us don't get don't get taught this kind of stuff. You know, for myself, I'm an advent reader of one of the things I mentored early on in my career was if you're trying to learn 
or create change within your industry. Um, look outside of it at other industries and see and gleam what they're doing that's innovative, that's creative, and apply that to your industry. Um, so I do that for leadership. I, I look at a lot of entrepreneurial books, marketing, um, you know, that's just me, business development. Sure. Um, but also professional, professional development, um, coaching. And, you know, um, yeah, you just try to look at the people side of it. And it's in, it's just interesting because, you know, I'm trying to be the best manager that I can be and be a good right. servant leader to my staff. But it's like, you know, how can I get, how can I motivate them to be, to want to, <laughs> to do more and not be stagnant, right? Because there's right. some people that just are okay. Nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with if you want to be status quo and just do your job description, that's no problem because that's what we hired you for. Right. But I, I always like to just think there's always, there's, you know, there's one of my truths is I think there's opportunity laying on the floor everywhere we go. It's just waiting for somebody to pick it up and run with it. Um, but, nice. if you, but, yeah. if, but, but if you have blinders on, sometimes you get to miss those opportunities. Uh, right. But anyway, but yeah, people, the people part of it makes it a, the challenge you part. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. Um, what's one thing you wish you knew earlier on in your career that you know now? Oof. It kind of ties back to the, the last one. Just never stop learning. And kind of like what you had just touched on too about some of your focus. Um, so this last year I've made it a, during COVID, made it a really high priority to learn Python, learn about GeoJSONs, write HTML code, um, Microsoft Flows, learn. I, so I found that people were asking me a lot of questions. And, you know, as a, as a CAD dev manager, people do and they're supposed to ask you, you know, you don't want them to spin their wheels for 10 minutes, you know, if they can't find a resolution or think of it quickly, they should turn to you and you can help them resolve it. But I noticed in like, I don't know, August, September, a lot of people were asking me repetitive questions. And so I started looking for a way to provide them with like an automated response back. And so talking about continuously learning, I learned how to write a Microsoft Teams chatbot and populate it with 300 different questions relating to civil engineering and surveying for our company. You know, nice. type in and say, where's the example set? Well, it'll automatically open up the PDF or I need the latest version of the desktop connector. It will install it for you so that I don't have to remote into your computer and do it. So over the last you know year or two, really being engineering adjacent, I guess, and shifting my focus towards machine learning, um, I've been recording all the keystrokes of people's civil 3D commands for six months now. Uh, <laughs> I want to run that through TensorFlow, and when and I want to pull common command. So if there's like a string of 10 things that people are constantly doing, you know, whether it's offset one foot, change layer, offset two foot, you know, if they're doing these chains of commands, I would love to take that data through a machine learning tool like TensorFlow and then create 
a tool that runs in Civil 3D. So when they run that command, hey, it looks like you're trying to offset a top back of curve. Do you want me to do that? And it does it for them. And so my focus has really shifted to learning, you know, yeah. outside of the AEC industry specific, yeah. more adjacent to it. Yeah. So, you know, like writing a, a chat bot that gives people videos um, or the CAD manual, you know, if they're trying to create a base file and they're new. And, you know, during COVID, we've been blessed. You know, we've, we've been able to hire and retain our current staff. And I've noticed that since I've implemented this um, Teams chat bot, the questions of our new hires have gone down because mm -hmm. I go in there and I can see the analytics. And so, and then how we deploy software has even changed through COVID, you know, um, putting the tools on OneDrive and being able to push it through that. So we're not going through the VPN, you know, even though it's split tunneling to where only pertinent information goes through the VPN, you know, you can't really depend on everyone's home internet to be a, a gigabit. Yeah. So constantly learning about better tools that'll um, allow us to do our job more proficient and get the users up and running quicker. So uh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I was talking. That's what I was talking. Oh no, that was, was, that's exactly what I was talking about. Where you know, because I know chatbots is big right now along everything, right? And then to be, bring it into the AEC role, realm, or just your firm doesn't really matter. AEC. That's a really smart because that's one of the biggest. I think that's so. I think you and I may have to have a discussion offline <laughs> because because that's one of the challenges where I think we we have for onboarding right. It's like because right. we're all that's the that's one of those. To be honest, your whole Teams chatbot that's a whole little side hustle you can probably make some money on if you want to capitalize on it. Right. And the reason why I say that's because every company I've been at right is how do we make like onboarding or, you know, the hiring pro the new hire process better. Right. So that's where like, for me, I like, we have a SharePoint site. I'll, I try to think in my mind of here's the workflow of a project, starting a project from, um, you know, scoping a project all the way to, you know, implementing, setting up standards, uh, quality control as built, you know, all that kind of stuff, trying to right. think of that whole workflow. And like you said, if, you know, we have new people, they can read that, but again, you can tell they read it, but they don't, right? right? They probably go through it, but like, okay, so what's the standard tech size? You could put that in the chat and it's going to come back to you with an answer, right. right? That's, that's awesome because then it, again, it helps people because the whole goal for me is to have, I have a document that I actually would be perfect for this would be a uh -huh. perfect chat bot type of deal because, um, you know, I try to consider all those all those low hanging fruits that I can just give somebody a document or a site and they can go to that as their resource. Right. So that way they can come to me when it comes to the, really the, 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 the meat, right. Versus just, you know, it's like, really it's, it's aerial font. That's our standard. It's right. You know, 0 0.10 for standard font, you know, things like that. <laughs> you know, this is the location of the borders of the template, you know, right. you try to have all that in there. Uh, but no, that's pretty slick, man. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm pretty lucky because I have buy-in from our executive team and, you know, we've since added, um, you know, my counterpart for architecture is preparing the documentation for it. And, you know, I was able to name it and, you know, own it, you know, in my company. 
and I was able to present it to our company um, back in February. And you know, we do these weekly little we call them WMU for Warm Malcolm University. It's you know about how to do stairwell or you know surveying 101. You know, little 15-minute sessions for the entire company. And then um, this last year. I used to travel to all the offices and do lunch and learns and then do monthly lunch and learns. Well, you know, I was able to create like 50 videos that were eight minutes or less and put on our Microsoft stream channel and, you know, hashtag it, you know, Dynamo or hashtag it Project Explorer or whatever so that people would search for it. And then I post in Teams so they can go up there and they can search by whatever they need. And I'm working on a hundred video series for this year. So, I, along with a few other people, created our civil CAD manual, and it needs updating, of course, but why do something in a written format? So I'm doing like all of it in two to three minute long consumable videos. Um, how do I create an alignment? You know, for somebody that is a tech that's wanting to do some design work, they'll be able to go here, they'll be able to click alignments, it'll show them in a video of three minutes or less consumable now information and then that's usable, you know, so they can yeah. go out and do it and host it all on our internet page. And, you know, it, it's a training tool. It's to help uplift everyone and people that want to make that move to a different position. You know, we could pull analytics and see who has seen what and, hey, this person has really learned about corridor design yeah. you know maybe they're ready to make that step to a designer you know designer two, or you know whatever the case might be and that's outside of me but um you know it might help their manager make a determination on wow this person's really learned a lot this year and it might make a, a difference on a, a, a wage increase you know because they have put forth effort and time into learning and advancing their knowledge of civil 3d or engineering software in general so, yeah, I mean, so there's a, a lot, a lot there. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And again, th this is what I love about, you know, um, everybody, again, I say this all the time, you know, I, everybody I get to speak to, um, this podcast is my way of, you know, I get the front row seat to some amazing professionals and I get to learn first, right? <laughs> I get to learn this stuff, you know, and so, you know, a little self-serving, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's, also getting your guys' stories out so that way the people who, you know our counterparts or the people one step behind us two steps behind us a half a step behind us can learn right because sure. this is that's because i wouldn't i wouldn't even considered or thought of oh do a team's chatbot that's pretty <laughs> slick to be honest you know and, and that's just more that's and that's beyond and that's just beyond cad right i mean that could be anything you know, yeah. what's my, you know, what's my, um, you know, what's our uh, 401k's phone number, right? The firm's phone number, you know, the financial advisor, what's our member ID for our insurance, you know, things like that, that, you know, probably like you said, right. It's like, I, I kept on getting asked all these questions, you know, let's be right. a little bit more efficient and prompt when it comes to people. Um, and stuff like that. So no, that's pretty slick, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you could load the Mutsid manual into it, you know, the yeah. Ashto green book, you can load yeah. the entire PDF. Oh, and cool. so when they have questions about a taper, 
based on the speed, it can yeah. give them the formula. And, you know, if you program your chatbot correctly, it can, it'll ask you what speed is your arterial road. You tell it 45, yeah. it'll say your taper needs to be X, you wow. know? So yeah. it's kind of limitless. And again, it's in its infancy, you know, um, something I've been testing for six to seven months and just, you know, recently been able to roll out to our company and more people are grabbing it wanting to add to it you know it's going to be this massive knowledge base yeah. and especially in our industry as people retire if we can take some of their knowledge and pump into yeah. this or pump into a repository so that we can train the new guard that's coming in that's huge and so yeah you know, we're looking at a lot of different things that we can do so that's amazing yeah one of the big things like you said i think we're 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 on the brink of a huge professional shift Right. We have a lot of people about to retire right. or I, who knows because of the economy. They, unfortunately, they probably have to work a little bit longer than they want to. But right. nonetheless, right, we have a lot of people who are about to retire. And then there's folks like us who are right behind them of taking the guard. Right. We're the right. new ones to the guard of, you know, we're going to become them. And then the young <laughs> bucks behind us are going to aspire to be who we are today. Right. Um, yeah. Those but, um, people with man buns and skinny jeans are going to take yeah. a job someday. <laughs> uh, you know, and so, but, uh, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, and there's so much what they call that tribal knowledge that they have. They just been doing it for so long. And that's where you hope that the firms give those people the ability to mentor the younger, the younger engineers, the younger CAD professionals, the younger staff, or just, staff be, you know, not as far along in the career as them. Um, right. You know, it's, yeah, it's just good that, you know, that'd be awesome if we could capture that better. But I know that's right. one of those things where, oh, John retired after 35 years, but nobody really talked to him about the things that he did, you know, right. and now or, we're like, oh, what's going on? Or he worked on these projects. He worked with these clients exclusively. Um, where do we go from here? You know, yeah. and so trying to get, glean that knowledge and we consume 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 all the time you know but yeah. it's, it's what can we give back to so yeah good i like that um what would you consider to be your cad bim manager superpower oh god i knew you were going to ask it and i kind of <laughs> pondered it a little bit probably <clears throat> scripting whether it's lisp routines dynamo um, or outside of the engineering software proper. Um, I didn't, I've never, I hadn't done it until, you know, five or six years. I didn't have a bad habit to break, you know, before I would find a Lisp routine online and, you know, get it to work for my needs. But now it's just, you know, um, yeah, that's probably my superpower is really scripting and then thinking outside of the box. And, kind of circles back to the chat bot, you know, I saw a lot of people asking some repetitive questions. I was looking for a way that I could script a reply that wouldn't take any time. And then it kind of blew up into this chat bot and, you know, that are, you know, it went from 80 people were going to use it to, you know, 600 plus. It's awesome. Um, and they see other wants and needs for it, you know, and so, but yeah, um, 
and who knows where it'll go in 10 years, you know? I mean, can we tell a chatbot to design a site with a building the size and it's gonna, it, you know, maybe it can go out there and pull and, and web crawl the information from that municipality and determine that how many stalls need to be there based on this occupancy size. And then it would go to the water board and it would know what size of water tap it would need. And it would tell you the local drainage information so that, you know, the time of concentration for the pond needs to be this. And, you know, who knows? I mean, I don't know. I don't know that I have a superpower. I think I just, I, I look outside the box and try to try to make it simpler for everyone to find everything that they need. So yeah, maybe, fair. yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's a good answer. I, I think, I think you're right. I think, you know, um, we'll talk about this. I have a couple of questions down. We'll kind of hit on this, but I think that's kind of where actually I'll save my thoughts for a couple of questions <laughs> down uh, or the next one here coming up. Uh, what current technology or trend are you most excited about? Um, current technology or trend. I wish I could tell you it was digital twin. Um, I'm not on the facility management side of it. Um, you know, I want to make sure that what we produce is clean so it can be used in that regards if it's something, but I really want to say machine learning. Hmm. I don't want to say generic AI. I want to say machine learning. We have to create items. We have to, to create the queries. We have to program it ourselves. It's not this easy button that people think um, is going to happen, but I really think we can cut down on the picks and clicks that people do in their day-to-day -day workflow by harnessing a little niche of machine learning. Um, yeah, I think I think that's it, machine learning. That's where I'm yeah, most I excited think, for. Yeah, and again, this is what makes me excited because we get different perspectives from different people. And this is why I love talking to folks like you through this podcast because it opens up my eyes now because I'm thinking, so what would I be really excited about? I, I am a digital twin person. I love it because... Uh -huh whether or not it's LiDAR, 360 imagery, modeling, you know, we can, and it could be, it could be, it could be used. It's multi-purpose, right? Once right. you have a representation of something, right? You can use it for, you know, marketing, for scoping, for the project, for, um, um, you know, maintenance, you know, things like that. So it's pretty cool. But, right. you know, now you have me thinking of, you know, the, this whole aspect, like you said, right, of, of the machine learning. Uh, right. being, being able to, um, you know, not, not saying it's going to design everything for us, but this is, I think that's where the evolution of BIM goes to eventually, right? right. Because we, this is what Jason uh, Peters and I were talking about earlier today was it was the whole concept of, you know, BIM is just more than just models. BIM right. is just more than just CAD. You know, BIM is actually, that's why it's the I, the information. BIM right. is nothing without the information and the processes how we do everything right and how it goes all together and so that's what makes me that's what makes kind of all this exciting right because now we're getting into you know um just just all of this different you know machine learning and ai it's a part of it too right right um, how, how can we how can we create something we can input information that's it's, it's really to be honest predictable right <laughs> and have people right. go through these ask a question, submit a, you know, submit something and it comes, it feeds us back something else. 
Uh, but no, it just makes it exciting time, man. I mean, um, it just, you know, makes it exciting because there's a lot of possibilities. And like for yourself, again, I wouldn't have thought to do a chat bot for teams. Um, yeah. And so things like that. I mean, again, just another idea that, um, you know, we, we can all gleam inspiration from of looking outside of our industry and sure. trying to bring something in to help us be better, help us make better decisions, help our people be more efficient. I mean, we've all got those CAD manuals that have been sitting on our desk collecting dust. Yeah, right. And how often do you turn to it, you know? Um, and who has the time when you're onboarding a new person to come in? And yes, there might be a section on layers or there might be a section, but if I can go and get instantaneous replies via a bot that'll tell me, oh, to add the road layers type C road into your drawing and it adds all of these layers that aren't uh -huh. typically in the template. Or if you're, oh, you're doing a drainage map, you know, this is what you need to do. And so, you know, um, and it's the, it's the best teacher because I might be pissed off one day because somebody, I might be upset that, gotcha. you know, for whatever reason, um, and somebody goes to call me and I'm, I'm short with them. The chat bot's never short. It's always super yeah. cheery, you know, and it's, oh, you want this? Oh, are you after residential or commercial? Well, commercial, boom. And it just regurgitates every piece of knowledge that you can pump into it. Yeah. Um, it's just amazing. So, yeah. And I love it when I can go a day or two without somebody messaging me on Teams, something that they could ask the chat bot, um, you know. And then after, if they do, I'm like, well, oh, your ribbon disappeared. Well, we have this amazing <laughs> tool in Teams that can do this for you. Why are you asking me, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you have to train people because that's what I do now. Or we have a shirt. We have a shirt. We took our, our CAD standards off of a PDF and uploaded it into a SharePoint site. Um, so that okay. way, if they had a question, I can say, here's the link. It's under this, it's under this section. Um, right. But anyway, so that's an easy way to train people. Um, so what are your thoughts on the future of a CAD and BIM? Oh, well, one day we're just going to think and then think about it. And we're going to come back and all the parking's going to be drawn. The grading's <laughs> going to be perfect. Um, future thoughts, honestly, I don't know, technology's moving so fast. I don't wanna be playing catch up, but I don't wanna be on the bleeding edge of it. I don't yeah. wanna, you know, I have a good friend. I invest, I, I tell him I want to invest in everything that he doesn't buy. So when HD DVDs came out, Blu-ray also came out. And so he bought heavily into HD DVDs. Well. HD DVDs went away. Mm -hmm. The iPod came out. He bought a Microsoft Zoom. Yeah. I, you know, I should have invested in iTunes. Um, <laughs> you know, I want to keep my eyes open to where the industry is going. And I hope that I'm in a position to where it doesn't pass me by. Um, and I can keep up with it or just maybe a step ahead. And so that's what I'm excited for, for the future. Our industry is moving so fast that uh, I'm really excited to see what comes about. I mean, God, you know, Dynamo has been around since what, 2017 for Revit, 2014? And it's just finally getting to civil now. 
what other things? We're starting to see some things in civil 3D. They're starting to call them part families, you know, for in for you know for the parts builder catalog and whatnot. We're starting to see them with uh, grading optimization coming in. I've been beta testing that for a couple of years since like version seven when it was a standalone product. It wasn't even part. It wasn't even in civil 3D, and you know, it's kind of like a side ops by Bentley competitor. And I'm excited for that. But in the same breath, I, I, I get a little upset with Autodesk, you know. Um, we won't go into that. I could go into a separate podcast about why I don't like Autodesk. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, they've been good to me. Their software for what I need it to is great. I just don't like the pricing. And yeah. What they're yeah. wanting to do over the next couple of years, you know, take revenue yeah. from companies. But yeah, I think, yeah, I think like yourself, I think um, I'm excited as well. And it's going to be fun for us to navigate what the next, you know, two, five years, let alone 10 years brings. Uh, it'll right. be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to listen to this or these episodes, you know, five, 10 years from now and see, you know, how stuff has changed or, you know, yeah. anything that we even thought of are thinking of now how um right just new stuff's being developed and that's that's what makes it man it makes it exciting right it makes it so, exciting future justin uh 2031 if you listen back to this podcast yes i'm still using a mouse yes <laughs> i'm still using a keyboard <laughs> my glasses are not ar so that way i can you know i don't forget so <laughs> fair enough uh <laughs> So Justin, where can the CAD Manager confession, Confessions audience follow you on your journey? I am only on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, so if you go to LinkedIn and search, um, you can search Justin Ehart, or you can type in and this Justin, kind of like breaking news, and this Justin, you should be able to find me. Um, <laughs> I'm not on Twitter, um, Facebook, Instagram, or any of that. I... Uh, if I could unplug 100% from social media and go back 10 years and tell myself to not not buy into the hype, I would. But then I wouldn't be here BSing with you, Eric. Correct, and, correct. This is how we know, connected. We <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't have met up at AU 2019. So <laughs> I will always have my LinkedIn. I find, um, I find it fascinating what people put on LinkedIn. I love the business aspect of it. And you know, the, the different groups that you can follow on there that are very focused and centric to what your interests can be. So I find it invaluable. Yeah, I like the fact that um, a lot of just the development of communities, right? I mean, that's really what the social platforms I use it for, is just to continue to strengthen and build community between the folks, you know, that, that are like-minded. Right. Um, you know, I try not to get caught up in some of the other stuff, but, you know, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Just the, the, um, the reach that, you know, like even this podcast, right. I mean, it's, I think I have somebody listening from Kyrgyzstan, right. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, when I look at the analytics, it's like, wow, it's crazy. India is listening, you know, in all different places. And so it's just, you know, what we're doing now right? This was a hundred, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars setup that you only a radio station can do, right? right? Or a television network can do, you know, I guess in hundreds, 
hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars. And here at the click of a button, you know, you and I can see each other. I'm in West Salem, Oregon. You know, you're in Denver. Um, and this eventually will be on a platform that can reach the world, right? So that's pretty cool right. when you think about it. It is really cool, you know? I mean, like I was talking about earlier, consuming, 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 but giving back, you know? And so I hope that, you know, your millions of listeners from your analytics <laughs> yeah. can glean information from all of these. I think it's amazing that you're doing this. So thank you for all the time that you've put into this for, you know, your previous three sets of sessions and, yeah. you know, well, thank I mean, you. It's just, yeah, thank you, man. I, I really yeah. I'm not look a... forward to when you post it. And I'm like, yes, there's like 12 to download. Let's go. <laughs> I wish it was in the millions of listeners. So if you're out there, please spread the word. <laughs> um, Tens of millions? Holy cow, Eric, you've been holding out on me, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I try to be, uh, you know, uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, so Justin, any parting advice or thoughts to the CAD BIM management community? Never stop learning. Always think outside the box and don't settle. Great. I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll end it, <laughs> end it on that note. Uh, Justin, thank you very much. It was an honor. I really appreciate you making the time to be here today. Uh, thank you, Eric. I appreciate the time, my man. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you found the things we talked about today valuable, I would be honored if you would subscribe and or leave a review. Until next time, continue to challenge the status quo, be the leader you wish you had, don't be afraid to step into your greatness, and good luck in your pursuit for the perfect set of plans.